0: the Lord, church. Praise the Lord, church. Anybody happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Hallelujah, Jesus. We bless your name, Jesus.
1: The lord hallelujah hallelujah, hallelujah. we're gonna ask you to continue to join us in worship as we pray this morning father god we love you lord god we thank you this morning lord god for being free in your presence to worship, Lord God. Oh God, free to worship you, Lord God. We ask you to touch us this morning individually and collectively, Lord. Let your anointing flow upon us like never before. And that you will bless us continually, Lord. Oh God, we give you glory and all our honor this morning. We worship you and praise you. Touch every person in this place this morning. Let your will be done as we continue to worship you. In the mighty name of Jesus we pray. And can we just give the Lord another round of applause this morning?
0: We bless your name. That's what we're here to do this morning. We're here to worship Jesus. Is that all right? Sometimes it can be a little uncomfortable, but we're here to worship and magnify the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Wars. I thought now they fall, but you have never felt me yet. Waiting for change to come, knowing the bad For you have never failed me yet. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You've never. Failed me yet? You've never failed me yet. Hallelujah, Jesus. Sing, I know, I know, know the night won't last. Your word will come to pass. Your word will come to pass. Hallelujah, Jesus. My heart will sing your praise again. Say, Jesus, you're still enough. Jesus, you're still enough. Oh, so keep me, keep me within your love. My heart will sing your praise again. People that can agree with me this morning. Doesn't matter what you've gone through, doesn't matter what it looks like. He won't give up on you, He won't fail you. I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. Hallelujah. Put your hands together this morning. see you do it again. You've made a way where there was no way. And I believe I'll see you
1: the name of the Lord. You never fail me yet. I'm still in your arms. Oh God. You never fail me yet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord bless you. You may be seated if you can. Praise God. Hallelujah. We want to take this time out to welcome everyone this morning into the house of God. So glad to have everyone in the house of God to praise and to magnify the Lord with us this morning. Our online congregation, we welcome you. We honor that you join us this morning in worship. Amen. Beautiful song, the praise and worship team just song. He promised, He'll never fail us, yet. Oh, God. When you have that promise, Amen. That God never fail you, you can say what we serve. He promised will never leave us nor forsake us. So we greet everyone in the mighty name of Jesus. So glad to have everyone in the house of God this morning. You know, the weather is changing. We're here on the inside. It's a little warmer on the inside. But oh, I praise God and I thank those to worship the Lord with us this morning. And I pray before the services conclude today that you too will get a hold of Jesus Christ. Oh my God. If there is ever a time we need to be closer to the Lord is now. So we pray and hope that God will continue to bless you and keep you. Amen. We're getting ready for uh, offering. Amen. I'm going to ask Sister Scarlett. Amen. She's going to come up, get ready for offering this morning. Amen. So um, listen to Nick. Amen. Hopefully you can um uh, be a blessing this morning.
2: Praise the Lord, everybody. Let's just take a moment and just lift our hands and worship the Most High God. He's worthy to be praised. Amen. Oh, hallelujah, God. We thank you this morning for your love and your goodness and your mercies. Hallelujah. We give to you what rightfully belongs to you, which is all the praise, the honor, and the glory. Hallelujah. And at this time, as we worship, we're now going to bless him in our giving. Will you all stand with me? Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you this morning. Amen. We have or for those who are online, please feel free. You know, if we give by Cash App, we give by our website and our PayPal. Amen. And Sister Patrice, she's to my right, your left. Feel free if you have your debit card, credit card, feel free to go over and, um, you know, give her your contribution. Also for our REIT program, please. This is specifically for your reach commitment. if possible, make sure you write legibly and your date and your amount. Amen. Um, let's just bow our heads in prayer. Lord we thank you for your love. We thank you for what we've already felt. We ask you right now your blessings upon each and every person in this place. Lord, those who have to give me, you bless them bountifully. And for those who have not, bless them likewise, that in due time they'll be able to bring to the glory and honor of your name. Have you a right now as we give you all the glory. Please feel free to walk up. If you use the center aisle, make sure you walk to the corners and down the center aisle. God bless.
3: Praise the Lord, everybody. My God. I am so excited about being in the house of the Lord, about being in his presence. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. And at his right hand, pleasures forevermore. I serve the true and living God. And what God does for us is nothing comparing to what we could ever do for him. And that's why everything that he commands and wants for us to do, I do everything I can to do what he asks, because we will never be able to truly repay him or truly, you know, equal what he does for us. We would never be able to do that. And because we're never able to do that, the thing's Doing. So I thank God this morning. When I walked in the house of the Lord this morning, I just enjoyed and felt this presence and just I was so glad to be here this morning. I say, God, I thank you. I thank you for the house of the Lord. I thank you for the family of the faith. I thank you, Lord, for just being you and all that you're doing in the midst of us and in our lives. Amen. As I mentioned this morning at the 9 a.m. service, uh, My wife and I are truly indebted to all of you for your gratitude, for all of your love, and being so caring toward us in this great time of need of support in the loss of my father-in-law and my wife's dad. Man, that is so hard, so difficult, and, um, you know, it's a lifetime experience. You experience him dying or whoever your loved one is that may have died that's close to you um, the, the, the passing of that individual it occurs but that's forever and so you know next week doesn't change anything that person is still gone and that's the way it will be forever and so that can be challenging and that can be hard But with the strength of the Lord, we continue to go on and we trust the Lord to help us in going forward. So we thank you and we continue to covet your prayers and just all of your love and kindness. It is so good to be a part of a church, a real church, (laughs) where the people of God are sincere about God and they do all that they can to please the Lord. I believe we had a, a very good service yesterday where everything was decent and in order. You know, I like to say when you get around, for those of you that are not, you know, you you might or might not understand, but um, I'm Jamaican, I love being Jamaican. But I also know some of my peoples could be rude and do whatever they want to do. I know there's rude people everywhere, but I'm just talking about my people right now. And so I know we can be rude and get out of control sometimes. And so we went from a viewing Friday night to an entire funeral service yesterday, and then went to the cemetery for the burial, and nobody was rude. And even when we went to the repast, nobody was rude. I said, Man, my people did a great job for the entire time, and I appreciate that. And I'm sure my father in law is like, You know, that, that's what he would want, um, you know, because, you know, people get out of control, you don't like that. And so um, I'm sure if he was here to see it, he would have been pleased with how everything went, and he liked to eat, and surely we made sure there was a lot of food, and so all the family, we all, we all appreciate your kindness and your goodness, and we can't thank you enough for being there for us, and um, we're grateful, amen. We have a couple of guests with us this morning that I certainly would like to recognize, and let them know how grateful we are that they came to be with us. Because we know, regardless of how our guests may see it, we know in this church when we have guests, it's orchestrated by the Lord Jesus Christ. Someone may have come over to them and initially initially say to them, hey, would like to invite you to this church, would like for you to come. Someone did that, and that person was being used by God for God's plan to unfold in your life. So this is a part of God's plan unfolding in your life, why you are here this morning. And so we thank God for those that were obedient to the guiding of God's spirit to get you here. Amen. But we thank you for coming and answering the call in obedience to what God wanted to do in your life. So Clinton, amen. Clinton, if you could just raise your hand so we can know Clinton is in the house. Amen. Amen. Clinton, we are so grateful to have you this morning with us. As we say, God brought you here, and we thank God that you came to be with us. And we want you to know, Clinton, that if there's anything at all that we can help you with in finding your purpose in Christ and knowing who he is, we would be ecstatic to help you to know more about Jesus Christ. Thanks for coming. Amen. Latoya Salter. Amen. Latoya Salter. Nice to have you this morning. Nice to have your children with you. Amen. That word Salter means a lot to me. And so when I see it anywhere, I pay attention and investigate which Salter is that. And so, Latoya, your father in law, over 20 something years ago, I don't know if I should be telling this, but it's such a powerful testimony. I can never stop from telling this testimony. Her father-in-law, who is with her this morning, over some 20-something years ago, met us while we were out evangelizing. He's in church. He's a part of a church. As a matter of fact, he is a minister, an elder in the church. He teaches in the church. But he found some things out in the scriptures that he realized that it wasn't outwardly being practiced where he was. And so he started digging in the scriptures and started learning more about, you know, what he believed the scripture says, and he's correcting what he saw in the scriptures. And he decided that, you know, they don't outwardly practice baptism in Jesus' name in my church. But these guys that I encountered, that's what they do. And so I am going to, you know, look them up and call them up and and see if they would baptize me. This is over 20-something years ago. So, he he called us. We went and picked him up, brought him to the church, and we baptized him in Jesus' name. (laughs) After we baptized him in Jesus' name, he went back to his church teaching and stuff. I like this. Because now he's in a church that might not outwardly teach some things that he has discovered in the Bible that whether they have, they have discovered it and don't want to teach it or not sure how to teach it, it doesn't matter. But God has a ram in the bush. And so this man of God is in his church, and as God led, leads him and God uses him, he teaches the word of God. And guess what? Every so often I get a call from him. Hey, brother. I say, what's that? Got one to get baptized, and he comes. We baptize them. I remember one time, hey brother, I got three to get baptized, and he brought them. They come, we get baptized, and he's still going. And now he has watched me, and he has learned, and so now whenever he can, when they want to get baptized, he takes them and baptizes them in Jesus' name. And so that's just such a powerful testimony that make, make sure you know this man. This is a man of God that God has so positioned in this hour to do the work of the ministry. And he has done it to the point where he hasn't offended where he's teaching. He's loving them and doing what he's doing. But he teaches the truth, what the word says. And I appreciate him. And he's brought his daughter-in-law and his grandchildren with him this morning to church. I thank God for him. cynthia douglas cynthia amen cynthia nice to have you this morning we're so thankful that you made it here into the house of the lord as i mentioned a bit earlier god is the one that orchestrated your visit this morning and yes you played a very big part in that In saying you know i am going to go to church today and i'm going to be in that house this morning and we thank god for you and we're glad that you're here we want all of you to know this morning that That We're so glad that you came to worship with us and to be with us, and if there's anything at all that we can help you with, assist you in, in getting you closer to Jesus, in knowing who he is, understanding your purpose in him, and one day spending all of eternity in his presence. If you ever want to know more about how you can accomplish that hesitate no more. We're all here. Just reach out to us and we'll be glad. We will be in touch with you. We will send you out a letter to let you know that we're glad that you're here. You will receive phone calls because that's just how we do. Guess what? We are indebted to, to to the Lord Jesus Christ and we're going to do his will. And we're not just satisfied that you came and visit. We understand that God has a plan for you. And if you don't know that plan, it is our desire and will to be sure we can help you find that purpose and fulfill that purpose in Christ Jesus. Yes. Amen. Thank you for coming and being with us. We pray that the word of the Lord will bless you this morning beyond your understanding. To our online congregation, I feel so bad for them, but they're live and direct this morning. Oh, boy. We, we've had Wi-Fi issues two weeks in a row, and our poor online congregation me whenever I hear. I don't even want to talk. Sometimes I think Sister Patrice, I no, don't even tell me. I don't even want to hear it if we're not online with our online congregation. They're so faithful, and I thank God for all of you that are just viewing online. And like I said, there are some of you that are online this morning that are far away and can't be here, and that's why you're online. And so we really appreciate you, and thank you for being patient with us. We're going to make this through as a family, and we're going to get this done. And that's the reason why, one of the many reasons why we're looking to move to our new facilities, and that's why we're trying to sacrifice in our giving to give and make it to the next place where God wants us to be. As you know, we're already engaged in a contract, and all we're doing is working through the processes and I don't even want to tell you I've got three jobs, three full-time jobs that I work, man. I'm not lying to anybody. I've got my regular corporate job that I work each week. I obviously have my family. You know, that. that's, you know, whatever you want to call that. And then just keeping up with everything that goes on with this property. But, you know, God is interesting in how he does things, Ethan. God gave me a profession by over the past 20 years I've been what you call a project manager in my secular um, life. And in in the details of being a project manager is just broad. And so there's a lot of things that's involved in that. And so I had done a lot of things that I'm doing now for the church. I had done a lot of things in my secular job. So dealing with engineers and dealing with land surveyors and dealing with, you know, all the different people, attorneys and whoever you got to deal with to make sure we close this deal. It's not strange to me. The other day, our engineer said to me, what kind of work do you do? I said, I, I'm, I'm a project manager. He says, man, you ask all the right questions. You, I said, yeah, okay, you're not slipping up on this church. And so I'm on them like white on rice. Every decision, I am on them. So it, it's taking its course and it's moving forward. And any time I feel like there's, you know, a little issue here, I, I get on everybody. You know, I'm, I'm on them. And so we're moving right along. Um, our engineer, he's almost done with his portion of what he needs to do. Um, we have an architect that's taking care of the floor plan, the drawing. Um, we, we have our, um, our guy that does our testimonial. We have our attorney. And so they're just all doing their separate work to put together and then submit to the township for us to have the uh, meeting with the zoning board for us to obtain our use variance. Once we obtain our use variance, then we sit at the table to make the purchase for the property. And that is where the money comes in. And so we're asking you, I got to tell you this, maybe this is for me and maybe not for you. So let me talk out loud to myself. Now that you have made your commitment, Wayne, to the vision that I've given you, now that you've made your commitment and you're, you're well in hand of, Fulfilling that commitment. You did what you were able to do. But now it's time to sacrifice. That came clear to me this morning. That what I have done so far is what I could do. But now it's time for me to give and do in a sacrificial way, meaning it's going to hurt. And I accepted it. I said, okay, Lord, I got to do it. I got to do it till it it, it makes me uncomfortable, till it makes me. What I have pledged to give, it's not pennies. But apparently God has said, it's not making you uncomfortable. That's not making you uncomfortable. I need you to give till you're uncomfortable, till till, till you're very stretched. That's what God wants me to do. It's up to you. I pledged over $10,000. And I have every intention to keep up to all of that. But God, has already told me, that's what you can do. Now I'm ready for you to give in a sacrificial way. That hurt my feelings, of course. But He, God. I love him. And I'm going to do what he wants me to do. Amen. So we'll get into the word of the Lord on that note. <laughs> Stand with me. <laughs> Support our REACH program. Give. And the Lord will see to it that you will be blessed beyond measure. We need to reach the loss. Something that I discovered this morning, transparent pastor, he he can't help himself. Or like I like to tell people, the pulpit is truth serum. Um. When you are consumed with what you do, and what you do is significant and important, but because none of us are able to do everything, we only can focus on the thing that we need to do. When we're in that place, what we normally do Is we try to get others to do the things that we cannot do. In the real world, you might call it hire people to do the job that you can't do in your home. You might call it hire assistant help around your house that because you're so busy that you can't do. Well, in the kingdom of God, it still kind of happens. And I looked around this morning and I thought about that. I said. Some of us might be in positions where there are things that we want to do that we can't do. There are things that we need to get involved in, but just the way how we're ministering in the church, uh, what, what's going on in our lifestyle, we can't do it. Well, here's a thought for you. Go reach somebody with this gospel so they can do it. Reach somebody with the gospel because What needs to be done, you may not be able to do it. And what happens a lot of times, you look around and you say, I can't possibly do another thing. True. But what you can do is make priority of reaching somebody else. Because when you reach them, then they will begin to do something that you wasn't able to do. I go back to my good friend Warren White. I can't forget when I taught him a Bible study and he became faithful to Jesus. He started doing a lot of things that I thought about doing, but I knew I couldn't do it because of all my responsibility. You ready for this one? Then God see fit to promote him through the district level and and gave him responsibility as a district official. And so, again, here we are together, connected. I'm doing some things. But. There are things I can't do that he started picking up on it because he knew my spirit. So now he's like, we got to get this done. So he would begin to get things done that he knew I wanted to get done, but I just couldn't get done. Then you want to hear some more? I get promoted some more in the district and became the district superintendent, and he became the NAM director. And so now I became an advocate for what he wants to do because I knew exactly what he wanted to do because I was in that position. So now we begin to make it happen from a standpoint of I know what you want. Tell me what you want. And so now we work together in tandem to make sure this district is benefited because I know what he's trying to do and I know the heartbeat of what he wants to do. But you know what that all came from? Winning the soul. So what you can't do, don't get distressed and feel like, what am I going to do? Pastor, you keep saying, doing this. I'm not trying to tell you to pile more on. I'm telling you, ask God to lead you to someone who wants to be saved who wants to know Jesus, who wants to come to understand their purpose in Christ and fulfill it. And you will begin to see that person do things that you wish would have been done, but you never saw it done. And now here comes this individual doing it, and you're wondering, my God, God is so good. This is what I always wanted to see done, but I was never able to do it. And God sent the right man or the right woman to come and do it. So what you may not be able to do, don't get discouraged and distressed. Don't get frustrated with me because I continue to reiterate it. Just take what I'm telling you today and pray every day. God, lead me to someone that is seeking to know you, that wants eternal life. Lead me to them that I can help them achieve and obtain a relationship with you. And if you do that, then you will get to a good place of not being frustrated by me sometimes and not finding yourselves giving up on things and seeing things getting done in the kingdom of God. Second Kings chapter five. Good to have everybody. Can't help myself but to get into instructions to help you. We're gonna do this together. I, I, I this morning I wanted to, I'm texting back and forth with my wife, and I just got so caught up, but I forgot to send um, send a text that I was gonna tell her. Say, baby, we're in this together until either till Jesus come or till we both go in the same grave. Yeah. That's right. We all we her and I both either going in the same grave or we're going to heaven together. That's how it's going to be. We in this together just like that. I'm telling you, man, Mm -mm -mm. we've, we've had great legacy left behind and we're going to make sure we do our part and we're going to do it even in a greater capacity because we have Jesus to help us and to do some things. Second Kings chapter five, verse number one. Now Naaman, captain, let me, let me stop before I I'm going to take my time and read this passage, and I want you to ask God to open your mind as you read this. This, is, this morning, I feel I have got a word for our church, and I pray that you receive and, and, and let God have his way in what we are going to get into this morning. This is the word that's going to help us. Now, Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable. Because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captives out of the land of Israel. What kind of captive? A lot of captive, but specifically, look at this one. A little maid. And she waited. A Naaman's wife. See what I'm saying again? Naaman got it going on, rich. So guess what they got? A maid to do what? Take care of stuff that they couldn't take care of because they were doing other stuff. Life has always been that way. This is not to try to look down or look up or look sideways. It's just the way it is. There are people that's going to play different roles in this life. It don't make them less than or nothing because for some of you that understand People that come from the foreign country, we come to this land, the greatest country in the whole wide world, this country right here, and we do all kind of stuff. It don't make us less than. It just means we're going to do whatever we need to do. No disparaging look on nobody for whatever anybody else do. But the point is I'm pointing out to you is she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress would God my lord were with prophet with the prophet that is in Samaria for he would recover him of his leprosy and one and one went in and told his lord saying thus and thus said the maid that is of the land of Israel and the king of Syria said go to go and i will send a letter to the king of Israel and he departed and took him and took with him ten talents of silver and six thousand pieces of gold and ten changes of remnant. and he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, now when this letter is come unto thee, behold, I have therewith sent Naaman my servant to thee, that thou mayest recover him, Of his leprosy. And it came to pass, when the king of Israel had read the letter, that he rent his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive that this man doth send unto me to recover a man of his leprosy? Wherefore, consider, I pray you, and see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. And it was so when Elisha, the man of God, had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot, and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. Leprosy is considered dirty, not necessarily a sickness. So when you have leprosy, you be made clean more than anything else. But Naaman was wroth and went away and said, Behold, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Naaman, Naaman. Verse 12. Are not Abana... And far, par rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. And his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee to do some great thing, wouldn't it? Thou not have done it. How much rather then, when he said to thee, "Wash, and be clean." Then when he down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. For all the people that want to belittle and despise, and and think because we in the flesh, Rosalie, that we not men of God, and what we say. Is coming from God. We might be flesh and blood like you. but we certainly are used by God when God sees fit. And his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. And he returned to the man of God. He and all his company and came and stood before him. And he said, behold. Now I know that there is no God in all the earth, but in Israel. Now, therefore, I pray thee, take a blessing of thy servant. I want to talk to you today on this topic, called to be a difference maker, called to be a difference maker. I feel the Holy Ghost. From the moment God put this word in my spirit, I felt the Holy Ghost. I've been walking in the Holy Ghost just because God has put something in my spirit to share with his people. And I feel like today God's going to help somebody in this house. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just want you to anoint me just the way you want to and use me just the way you want to. Allow me to rightly divide the word of truth, Lord God, to speak as your oracle this morning and to move in the realm of the Spirit, feeling after you and being led by your Spirit, Lord God, in declaring the word of God with authority, with power and with knowledge and wisdom, Lord. I pray today that every person under the sound of my voice will hear what the Spirit is saying and, oh God, that their life will be changed that they will not leave this place today without a touch from you, without an encounter from you, without you, Lord God, helping them to get into that position, to get into that place, that post of where they belong, for they've been called by you to be a difference maker. I pray that they will hear what this Spirit is saying, and they will heed and obey and go forth in fulfilling the purpose and will of God I give you the praise and the honor Lord for you alone are worthy and I thank you for the great privilege to minister in your presence Lord I bless your name I praise your name oh God hear my cry and my plea today that your will be done and your kingdom come in this place and towards the people of God that have gathered together oh wherever they are and connected with us today via live stream. Have your way with each and every one of us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Consider the characters in this story that we've just read. Naaman was a Syrian military commander. He was also a leper. Naaman's wife had a maid, a Jewish girl, who told Naaman about a prophet in Israel, a man by the name of Elisha, a prophet who had a reputation of performing great miracles. So she suggested that Naaman should visit him. Naaman heeded her advice and went to see the prophet expecting to receive a miracle perform in a special way. <laughs> the prophet, however, didn't even address him. Instead, he sent his servant to deliver a message to Naaman, instructing him to dip into the Jordan River seven times. Naaman felt slighted that the prophet sent his servant to deliver the message as opposed to coming himself. Church, one of the first things I got to tell you this morning is don't you get offended in how God wants to speak to you. Don't you get offended in how God wants to bless you. Don't you get offended of how God will work in your life. If God is working in your life, it doesn't matter how uncomfortable you may feel. If God is working in your life, it doesn't matter how you may perceive it. It doesn't matter because if God is working in your life, it's a good work that's being done in your life Uh, don't you get offended uh, about how it comes across uh, how it sounds uh, or who he sends to you don't you get offended don't get offended this is probably where they said don't shoot the messenger you know, we get that, we have that that scene. That Don't shoot the messenger. Yeah, this is probably where they got it from. Don't shoot the messenger. When God uses messenger, it's not the messenger's fault. If you got a problem with the messenger, go to the one who it came for, who it came from. We're just the messengers, and we're just delivering the message from the Almighty One who knows all. If you got a problem with the messenger, go to the one who originated the message. not our message that we're preaching. We're preaching the message of Jesus Christ. Naaman felt slighted that the prophet sent his servant to deliver the message as opposed to coming himself. I don't know about you, but if I'm sick and I need to be healed, I can care less who the messenger is. As long as that messenger is bringing the recipe or the remedy, healing I could care who I could care less who the messenger is (laughs) just get me right oh help us Holy Ghost can you imagine Naaman must have been thinking doesn't he know who I am I'm a man of great importance deserve to be treated as such doesn't he know who I am and why in the world he wants me to go dip myself in that Jordan River, that dirty thing. Doesn't he know who I am? Don't let your importance get in the way of what God wants to do in your life. If you are so important that, that, that now it things it has to be a certain way for you. You know, Brother Scarlett, one of the reasons why I try my best to just keep being who I've always been. Because I don't want anything to get in my way. Of being humble and submissive to God. Because when you make yourself big, you're gonna corner yourself to the point where you feel like, oh, I can't do that in front of them. I've always tried to carry myself that I'm just one of you. And I know that probably is not Pastor 101. I know that's probably not how the 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 big timers see it, Cheryl. They they probably want me to be, you know, I don't know, somebody with, you know, carry myself like, you know, my shoulders broad, and you know, I'm uppity up, and you know, I got a certain kind of tone in my voice, you know, and I'm strutting myself a certain kind of way and I'm like looking down on everybody. But I don't understand all of that, so I just don't carry myself like all that. I'm telling you, I carry myself as humbly as I can because I never want God to tell me something and because i carried myself a certain way now all of a sudden i won't do what god says because man that's gonna make me look bad this is why i try to deflect all of this stuff oh man you the bishop deflect 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 so if you ever watch me when y'all tell me stuff i'm like yeah anything you try to tell me to tell me something about myself i try to move on quickly from that I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to be. I am just trying to make sure I stay in a place that God can do what he needs to do in my life. That when God tells me something, uh, I'm never too big to go do it. Uh, I'm never too lofty to go do it. Uh, Whatever God tells me, uh, that's what I'm going to do. And that's why I'm going to be just one of the many. I am God called. I am God's messenger. I'm still no different from any one of you in here. Because God will use whoever he wants. Nothing special about me. There were many lepers in Israel in the time of Elisha, the prophet. And none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. Because understand this, usually when you have leprosy, they put you out of the community. They got to send you far because leprosy is contagious. And so once you get it, they're like, you got to get out of here. We, we can't have you around. And normally people that get leprosy, it eats away till they die because they don't get treated for it. They're not attended to because no one goes close to them. But here's a story. Naaman was a Gentile and the commander of an army of the enemy's nation. So he was a commander of an army, the Syrian army, which was they were enemies with Israel why would god the god of israel heal a man who was a gentile outside the covenant and an, uh, uh, an enemy towards his people why would he do something like that god is teaching us god is teaching us god is teaching us god don't have enemies we might have enemies And if you really want to be honest with yourself, you only have one enemy if you want to be frank. And if it's not that enemy, nobody else is your enemy. If Satan is not messing with you, nobody else is your enemy. So if your neighbor is not Satan, if your neighbor is not the actual devil, then they can't be your enemy they got to be the actual devil. And how do you know? Let me tell you something. Most of us ain't spiritual enough to deal with Beelzebub. So don't call nobody the the, the enemy or the devil because you ain't spiritual enough to deal, deal with Satan. Most Christians aren't spiritual enough. If Satan ever show up in your face, in your home, you can't deal with him. So don't even be bothered calling nobody Satan because you couldn't deal with Satan. No siree. No siree. We ain't prayed up. We ain't connected like we need to be to deal with Satan. So if he shows up, remember, there's only one Satan. Many demons, one Satan. If the demon himself, that devil, Beelzebub, Lucifer, if he shows up one-on-one with you, you're in trouble if you ain't ready. So let's not even call nobody our enemy. Because they're not the devil. They're not the devil, because that's the only enemy we have is the devil. Not your your neighbor, not the person that said something wrong about you, not not anybody. Nobody's your enemy. You only have one enemy, and that's the devil. The Bible says not even death is your enemy. If you're living for God, not even death. can. matter of fact, if you're living for God, you welcome death. You only got one enemy. His name is Satan. That's the only one. Don't treat nobody else like they're they're the devil because they're not your enemy. He was, Naaman was, an enemy to Israel who kidnapped the little Jewish girl. And he was a leper who should have been isolated and left to die. Naaman's experience with Elisha illustrates to us the gracious work of God being no respecter of persons in saving lost people. Naaman was an enemy of God's people. Oh, if I'm God, I smack him around Get out of here. And then on top of it, you got leprosy. I'm going to make it even worse. (laughs) you're an enemy of my people, but we not God and we're living to try to be like him. We're not like, we can't, we we can't be like nobody else. We have to be like Jesus. And he just showed us here that what Naaman represents, we were, he was not supposed to receive any favor from God because he was against God's people. Uh Uh-huh and he was he he was he was he was trying to destroy, and then on top of it made a little innocent girl a maid in his house, so Naaman didn't deserve any goodness from the Lord, but God showed naaman he was no respect of persons. God is no respect of persons, church. It doesn't matter where you are, it doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what language you speak. It doesn't matter what's your background. God is no respecter of persons. God don't prefer anyone over anyone. God loves all of us because he created all of us. He give life, he gave life to all of us. And so he doesn't prefer any one group of people better than the other. We better get that one into our heart. Because our life experiences can make us not like a certain group for whatever the experience is. I get it. But that's why Jesus said we must be born again. Because when you're born again, you become a new creature. Old things are passed away. And behold, all things have become new. If you've got hate in your heart, if you got distaste in your mind, whatever you got against no ought against any other race or any other culture group, whatever you got in you, if you're going to live for God and make it to heaven, you got to get that thing out. You got to get that thing out. We not going to heaven with that thing in us. Right. Naaman's pride almost cost him his miracle. <laughs> he had not he had he, he had no intention of dipping in the Jordan River. He had no intention of 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 getting into that river because in his mind, man, you know who I am? That dirty thing. He had no intention until, if you was reading closely with me, you'll realize his servants that was with him. Underline the word servants. Listened to his servants, and then did what they suggested. Remember how it went. Elijah, Elisha told his servant, go out and tell Naaman. Watch this servants. They all doing the work. And when the prophet sent out his servant to say, times, Naaman was offended. I'm not listening to no servant. You better come out yourself, prophet man. To know. <laughs> Naaman was like, okay, well, I'm not listening. Because Naaman made himself big. for <laughs> good. They know they want their boss to be healed because if he don't get healed, he's going to die. Boss, man, if he would have told you something, you know, big, you'd have done it. It's simple. Just, just just go, please, boss, and dip yourself seven times. I know it's dirty, but can you just go and dip yourself in that Jordan River so you can be made whole, so you can be clean? Go ahead, boss. Please just do it. The servant told him. The man of God sent his servant to tell him, but he didn't do it. But thank God he had good people around him. I want good people around me. I want good people around me that when when, when I get a, a little off kiltered and start looking at things the wrong way, I want good people around me to bring it to my attention. I was messing with somebody back here this morning, um, um, a, a, a young lady by the name of Nadine. She comes Ever so often. And so she said to me this morning, why every time I come to this church, you talk about me, pastor. Now she was saying it tongue in cheek because, you know, when the spirit of God moves and you start talking, you know, you speak by the, you know, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, when you do that and God speaks to people, you know, a lot of times God, when he's speaking to us, it usually go against our com- comfort, you know, feelings and things because we're so out of the will of God. In our comfort zone, he needs to speak to us. And it's going to go against what we normally feel because we're so comfortable with what we like to do. So when most of the time God talks to you is going to make you feel uncomfortable, right? And so when I told it, this, I said, sister, that's because he loves you so much Why he's always talking about you. I said, every time you come and you hear from God, it just means that he loves you so. The Bible says he chastened them that he loves. So when you come and you hear something that you don't like, it means God is paying attention to you and he's correcting you. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Have good people around you that when you are off kilter and you're not seeing things the right way, if, if everybody around you, I told her that this morning, I said, if everybody around you only tell you what you like to hear, you're in trouble in the group you're hanging with. I don't want to be in a group that everybody's telling me what I like to hear. This is why in our leadership that in this church, I'm okay with
4: conflict. Because all of us. I'm not going to be in a group. Imagine we all, yes, sir, yes. Now, when God gives us a question,
3: guess what? Either you win or you don't. If you're not, then you are God. When we're just having discussions and we're trying to go somewhere without discuss, it's okay. I'm comfortable with somebody disagreeing with me. And you need to be that same way too. Because if everybody tells you what you like, I'll tell you that right now. That's why God created marriage. <laughs> oh, God. I know that's not the one reason why he created marriage, but I just had to slide that in there. You know? Your marriage is still going? Oh boy. You didn't got chopped down. A- <laughs> I don't care who you are. Hey, you know, you're not
4: really married if you didn't get chopped down. <laughs>
3: you think you're doing all right? You're getting chopped down. Out of time, guess what? Chopped down. So God gave us marriage to keep us humble. You in trouble when you married and you're not humble. <laughs> that, that means you're just haughty and you don't care about what anybody thinks, which means you're going to find yourself in a bad place if you don't care about what anybody thinks. You better care about what people think. Because sometimes you can be the only fool just going in the same direction and they're trying to tell you that's not the right way. <laughs> and we know wives will tell us, husband, you, 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 you keep going. You better not be going that way. They'll tell us. Ooh. Both Naaman and the prophet Elisha were well known in the story we just read. Uh huh. Both are still well known today. However, we don't know the names of Naaman who needed him to follow the prophet's instructions. I want to help me, Holy Ghost. Was the Bible only called them or him Naaman servant? And you gotta realize Naaman's servant was the one who convinced to do what the prophet told him.
4: Who
3: the name for that captive Jewish girl? We don't know her name to me. The two most significant people in this story we're dealing with, we don't know their names. My God, help me, Holy Ghost. The two most. Listen, Elisha isn't that special because God is the one that guides him and directs him. Just
4: like I just told you, there's nothing special about it. Who does the healing? God does the healing. Elisha
3: made him great, right? So the will of God was going to be done no matter what because God is all powerful and he was going to touch Naaman if Naaman responded. Naaman, he got a reputation because he's a commander in the army of Syria. And so he's well known, okay, but he's a leper. So he needed to be healed because he was dirty. And the other one was a prophet of God just kind of following along, doing what God tells him to do. But the maid, the Jewish girl that was a slave that was being used as a maid in Naaman's house.
4: Do because if you don't do it, you're gonna
3: die. And we don't know their names. We don't know the names of two of the important people in this text. So much significance in what we're reading about today, and we still don't know their name. If anyone had an excuse to get involved or not to get involved, to to, to be a difference maker, it was that little maid. You gotta realize that little maid, she was brought... Out of captivity. So you know how we well, you don't know how we go back in the day when they had wars. So if Syria had a war against Israel and they defeated Israel's army, they was able to take the spoils. That could mean the people as well. They can take whatever they want once they won the war. And so when Naaman's army won the war against Israel, they said, "We taking this. We taking this. We taking this." And he said, "You know what? Let me get this little Jewish girl and give her to my wife so she can serve." So now she names house as a slave,
4: a servant. Why would she want to help a man?
3: Yeah. Because it wasn't war. So the question is, why would this little Jewish Girl servant want to help somebody when she probably don't have parents anymore. When she probably can't get to practice her belief in in her God like she want to. She can't live the way she used to live. She can't be among her people the way she used to. Why would she want to be nice to Naaman? Help me, Jesus. If anyone had an excuse to not get involved, to being a difference maker. I'm talking about being a difference maker today. If anyone had an excuse not to be a difference maker, it would have been this young girl. Naaman
4: was probably responsible for
3: reason to be to him because he was probably responsible for why she was where she was. Yet, this young servant girl extended grace, Doing so may influence countless people for generations because of this little Jewish servant girl. Your life could influence generations. But can you be content with being a difference maker and not be recognized without anyone knowing your name or without you ever being in the spotlight for many to see? Do you want to be a difference maker even if you don't get recognized? Do you want to be a difference maker even if you never get into the spotlight? Do you want to be a difference maker knowing that you might lose out on a lot of things, that you might encounter things like do you still want to be a difference maker? And sometimes, because some people have come to church, uh, some people have lived this life uh, and realized uh, that they could be embarrassed. Uh, when they realize uh, that they could have encounters that they would fail in people, when they realize that they could lose out uh, on so, so many things, they get to the place where they're saying, I would rather not take the risk. Of getting shown up. I would rather not take the risk of being embarrassed. I would rather not take the risk. Sometimes we come to church and we don't want to come to the altar and pray because we're wrapped up in, I don't want anybody to judge me. I don't want anybody to think about anything bad about me, but I'm here to tell your church if you're going to be a difference maker, who cares who judge us? Who cares what people say about us? Who cares if we get into the spotlight? Who cares if we get recognized, uh, I'm here because I want to be a difference maker. We don't want to do certain things because
4: we are worried about our embarrassment. I tell you all the time I don't have a
3: lot of talent, but brother it's about me. I appreciate it. But I'm still clinging to I ain't got no talents. <laughs> and so I don't have many talents and I understand that but I know God has called me to be a difference maker but one thing that I know I do have that I wish I could transmit to you all it could be a personality it could be the gift and maybe God equipped me this way because he knew where he would put me or maybe I really did get saved
4: Once I fixed my eyes on Jesus, I decided
3: that none of you Uh huh. I got one. Uh huh. got one. Yeah. Uh huh. Let me let that breathe for a little bit. Let me let that breathe for a little bit. Nicole. <laughs> Once I got saved, I in my mind that none of you whether you're in the church or you're out of the church is going to make me get a different attitude it's going to make me get so offended that i can't keep going it's going to make me get all up in arms about this and that you all are crazy if you think i'm going to ever get to that place and you are crazy for ever getting to that place pull up yourself and say i'm living for god and
4: my eyes are fixed on jesus and it doesn't matter what you say
3: I am going to heaven, I'm going to live for Jesus, and nobody's going to get me off track. Amen. It's all crazy. We get all wad. Because we're all, you know, man, you can come to me and tell me anything. I didn't like what you said. I didn't like you did this. And all I would say is, really, what can I do to make it better? You see how easy this is? What can I do to make it better? Why am I like that? Because my determination and all the fiber within me, everything that's in me, only I'm my one talent. I'm one track mind. That's why I can't multitask. And I'm glad I can't multitask because all I can do is fix my eyes on Jesus and keep going in one direction. And so everything that comes to threaten me going in the same direction that my Savior is going, everything that comes to threaten that, I don't have time for
4: it. I can't look that way. I can't do it. I can't comprehend.
3: Multitask it. i only got one way to go. And I pray you do the same too. Get yourself into a place where you can't multitask. Multitask gets you in trouble. Multitask gets you in trouble. Because you're trying to live for Jesus and multitask him with everybody else. Oh, y'all don't want to mess with me. You're you're, you're trying to live for Jesus and you're trying to do this, incorporate this and incorporate that. Are you kidding me? Everything that you need is in Jesus. Everything else happens is not in Christ that we're trying to do. We just need to leave those things alone and let whatever we're doing in Christ, let it evolve from that. Be centered and focused on Jesus and let everything else flow outside of that. Let it just flow from within that. But don't try to, oh, yeah, because what we have done over the years is punch the clock with Jesus. That's what we've done over the years. What do you mean by that, preacher? We designate times to what we will do. Okay. and let me get that done and then when I'm done with that then I'll move to this and okay tomorrow I'll do and all of it is now all separate. You com- com- compartmentalize everything when you're supposed to be in Jesus all the time. You're supposed to be in Christ all the time and everything that will happen in your life flows from that. Don't go make something else someplace else.
4: Your relationship with Christ. And if it flows that way, then you'll know what to do. What to do. And so, if it's all flowing from that place, then everything you
3: will be in Christ. But if you separate it and make it, I'm just doing this over here, and that'll be from a place of Christ. Are you okay with experiencing misfortune? Are you willing to extend grace to others who society says don't deserve it? Are you willing to while you stay hidden in the shadows? Quiet. Because when you call to be a difference maker, sometimes you're going to be hidden in the shadows. While you are encouraging somebody else that's in the spotlight, can you handle that? Can you handle that? Or there's no way they should be in the spotlight because you know more. Is that what it is? Oh, I know more than them. They can't be in no spotlight over me. When you call to be a difference maker, spotlight is not what you are thinking about. When you're called to be a difference maker, recognition is not what you're seeking out Difference maker. When you answer the call to be a accept these positions and circumstances. After all, it's about Jesus. It's not about us. It's about Jesus. It's not about us. Difference makers are people who align themselves with God's plan and purpose. I'll say that again. Difference makers are people who align themselves with God's plan and purpose. Listen. Remember what I've been saying for the longest. There's only one way to make an eternal difference. You can make difference in this life. I mean, scientists have made a difference. Our fathers, our mothers, our siblings. Many people have made in their people, in their life, and we thank God for them.
4: It will stay forever. In at some
3: difference makers are people who align themselves with God's plan and purpose difference makers do not seek glory they are not striving to stand out they are not interested in making a name for themselves difference makers are ordinary people who are driven to be faithful to God's plan and purpose and remain steadfast despite extraordinary obstacles difference makers. In first Peter. First Peter chapter four. I'm sorry. Verse seven says, but the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer and above all things fervent charity among yourselves. For charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. As every man had received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man. Let him speak as the oracle of God. If any man minister, let him minister it as of the ability which God giveth. That God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To whom be praise, dominion, and forever. Amen. Our abilities to faithfully use serving each other. Our ability is to be faithfully used serving each other. Our abilities should be faithfully used to serve each other. Whatever God-given ability you have received from God is to be used to faithfully serve each other. None are for our own exclusive enjoyment. Some people, well aware of their abilities, believe that they have the right to use their own abilities as they please. Others feel that they have no special talent at all. Peter addressed both groups in these verses because each believer has given a way to minister. All of you, all of us have a way to minister to one another. We should find our way to serve and to do it. Most importantly, when we see a need in the church, we should meet it the best way we can. If it's possible to serve by way of our gifts, that's great. But if there remains a need, even though it may be not perfectly matched to our gift, we still should help. We should never withhold our ability to minister to one another. I don't know about you, and I don't know what you're looking for, but whatever you're gifted and blessed and talented with to do, it should be to minister, should be used to minister. To do. To help somebody else. Not just so you can say look what I'm doing. Or to amass riches for yourself. It is to minister to the body. What are you doing with it? This little captured Jewish girl. And Naaman's servant. Did not. Have much influence. Or much to offer. They were not recognized. But the impact they had. Change a man's life and afforded him an opportunity to come to know the true and living God. I don't know if you recognize toward the end of that text as we re- was reading. Let's stand, as we were reading toward the end of that text, it said, Naaman said, Now I know that there's a God in Israel. who is all powerful because he got turned on to the God of Israel and what God is always doing and trying to do for us is reveal himself to us that we can know him do you know Jesus do you know Jesus and if you don't he will give you a chance to know him it's up to you If you want to know him, but in order to know him, you're going to have to obey him. You're going to have to obey his servants. You're going to have to obey his servant servants. Because we always want to hear. From the guy or the gal that's high. And we don't want to hear from the lowly. When we're all just servants. We're all just servants but we don't want to hear from each other. If pastor don't say this, I'm not trying to hear what you got to say. If pastor don't say this, (laughs) what you say don't matter. When we're all just servants, serving from different capacities, and if we're going to make a difference, the platform that we're serving from The title that we have. The recognition that we get or don't get. Doesn't matter. Because who we're serving is Jesus Christ. Your reward is not in me. Your reward is in Christ. Now if Christ wants to use me. That's up to him. But ultimately where is your reward coming from? It's coming from Christ. And even so he says when he comes back to receive us, our reward will be with him. So whatever it is that we will receive, it always comes from him. So what does it matter? Who is he using? We're called to be a difference maker. We're called to be a difference maker. And if you haven't, stood up to the challenge and responded to the call in obedience to be a difference maker, why don't you do that today? Why don't you just humble yourself and give yourself to Jesus Christ and let him work in your life for you to be a difference maker? Listen, let me say this before I close up here. You can make a difference and not be a child of God. Let me make that clear because I don't want, I don't want, you know, you smart, intelligent people to get me wrong. I think I've said it even though in the message, but let me just say this inclusive: You can make a difference and not be a child of God. But it's like the word of God says, I don't want to preach to you and be a castaway. So what that means is you don't want to be a servant of God but at the end, you'd be a castaway and never really getting the reward that you should have gotten because you just did it just to do it. You don't want to just do it just to do it. You first want to align yourself with who he is and to become a child of God. So that way, not only are you preaching to others, ministering to others, the manifold grace of God, but also you've got a reward coming because you can serve and do things and make a difference and have impact. But guess what? You don't have no reward coming from Jesus. But when you become humble and you repent of your sins, And you get baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sins. And you get filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking another tongue. And you begin to live a holy and righteous life. Then, when you minister and when you help somebody, you have a reward coming with the Lord. And you will not be a castaway. Get out your mind that you can make a difference on your own terms. You want to make a difference on the terms of Jesus Christ, the one who called you, the one who will equip you to make a difference. You don't want to make a difference because you're smart and you're intelligent because of the gifts that God has given you. You can use the gifts and be left behind. You can use all the talents and abilities and gifts that God has given you and still be left behind. What you want to do is come in alignment with God and become a child of God. Become obedient to his purpose. Live for him. Serve him. Be holy and righteous. And then say, God, I know you have given me gifts and talents. Use me to minister those gifts and talents. That I may stay in your will. That I may walk in your purpose. That I may walk in your authority and do your will. That I will not be a castaway. That when you come back, your reward will be with you for me and I I will have my eternal reward. I don't want to stay here and waste time and say, oh, I'm doing my best. We love to say that I'm doing my best. But is your best what Jesus asked you to do or are you just doing your best? Because whatever Jesus asked you to do is what he has expected, not your best. As a matter of fact, your best might be causing you a lot of headache and stress and pain and, and challenges emotionally because it's your way. Yes, sir. Jesus said, cast your care upon him for he careth. So the way how he does it is going to be different. Just like when he told Naaman, go and go dip in the Jordan River. Different. Different. Not your way. Not your thoughts. Not your understanding. But just do what he says do and today god wants to make a change in somebody's life but it's up to you are you going to be like naaman and make excuses are you going to be like naaman and let pride get in the way are you going to be like naaman and just just turn away well if you're going to be like naaman then i'm going to be naaman's servant today and tell you why don't you just listen why don't you just do why don't you just obey Why don't you just do because it's going to be eternally great for you if you will do what God says do as opposed to doing what you feel like doing. Don't worry about what people may think of you. How many times I got to tell you if I. And if you continue to worry about what people think about you, you're not going to be around longer. You're going to frustration and you're going to hurt yourself just worrying about what they're thinking. It's not until you get into Christ that you realize, I'm okay. I'm not going to worry about what you all think about me. I'm not telling you I'm perfect. I'm just telling you, when I make mistakes, I'm going to go to God. I'm going to pray and ask for forgiveness. I'm going to ask God to forgive me of my sins. I'm going to continue to go on because he is the one that called me to be a difference maker. And his grace is sufficient. And when I fall down, he is going to
4: going but it's up to me to do what god he called me to